come. We're going to actually sing another hymn at the, at the end of the service today. We're going to sing, I Surrender All. Because that's what we're going to talk about today. Today we're going to talk about surrendering all. So many times that we, we say that we surrender, even when we get saved. We, we get saved and we, we, we surrender all, but we, but we really don't. I, I, would, I would dare to say nobody in this room, including myself, has surrendered all to Jesus. We want to. Our desires to. And sometimes we think we have. But there's always something that we're holding. There's always something that, that we're trying to fix ourselves. There's always something that we're not giving to God. And that causes trouble in our lives. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 in, in the New International Version says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. And all your ways, acknowledge Him. King James NIV says, submit to Him. And all your ways, submit. And all your ways, surrender to Him. And He will make your path straight or direct your path. In all your ways, submit or surrender to Him. The word surrender brings to mind, uh, you know, kind of like you see in the military sometimes. That, that white flag, you know, I surrender. You're stronger than me. You're bigger than me. Y'all got more people than I do. It's, it's over, you know. Um, and it seems like that, that's what, like what we look at surrender as, as a weakness. I give up. And you know what? In, in the military, maybe that is. Maybe that's, that, is, that is true there. We associate we associate surrender with defeat. So that's why sometimes it's hard for us, especially men, to surrender because of the fact that we feel like that we're, we're accepting defeat. But the thing is, is that whenever you, in Christ, giving up control is actually the beginning of freedom. Actually, giving up control to Christ is the beginning of freedom. It's not actually, it's not defeat. It's actually victory. When you surrender to God, you are taking the first step in being victorious. And, it, and, and to have a life of surrender, it, it takes trust. It takes trust. you got to develop, and that is developed in the context of a relationship. Okay? How, you, you wouldn't take your kids or your house and leave it to a, a, a stranger that you don't have no, no idea who they are on, in a weekend and say, hey, just can you watch my house for me, sir? And you don't know them? Well, no, why? Because you don't trust them. You're not going to surrender your house to them because you don't trust them, right? You're not just going to do that with anybody. You have, you have to understand a person's character to do that. So we, so, you know, but you know, the thing is, well, I just, I have a hard time surrendering. No, every one of you sitting on a chair and you surrendered your whole body to that chair when you sat down, <laughs> hoping that it didn't break, right? You know, we, 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 get on, we get in our cars, and we're surrendering our, our, our lives, to not, not to our car, to somebody else's car nowadays, right? When we get in an airplane and you take off the ground, you are totally surrendered that that pilot and whatever happens is going to, is, you, you are sur totally, that's a total surrender. When you leave that ground, you're totally, so I said, that's the truth, you know, but, but you're total surrender. Okay, when you go to the doctor and you go, have to have surgery and they put you in anesthesia, you are totally surrendered to that doctor whatever happens you have no control over you're like hey fix me do something and but the, the the thing is though is when we surrender to god and say fix me he don't have malpractice insurance <laughs> because he don't make mistakes that's why doctors call it a practice because they practice all the time <laughs> they're still practicing so, but the thing is, is that, but God don't need that. When we surrender to God, God put me under. God, you, you, I surrender my life to you. But it's so hard because, because of the fact that, that, that you, you, when you surrender something, you have to think that person is good and worthy of trust. And we say, God, you are good and worthy of trust. We say, God, I trust you. Then why don't we surrender to him? 
because of our flesh, because of our desire to control something. We don't want to give total control to anybody, anything. You want to hold something to hang on to yourself. And it's often due to disappointment. It's often due to, to doubt or past experiences. You know, you don't surrender, you know, whether it's, it's people or churches or church hurt or what have you. You know, we have all these things and your heart becomes weary and hardened. You know, I've been burned before. We become, we become cynical and, and I've been burned before. You're not going to burn me, so I'm going to just hold on a little bit to make sure so I can have a piece of this puzzle. And I'm not just going to surrender to you. And we look at God, and God, because this pastor, this person, this person has hurt me in the past, I'm not going to totally surrender to you because I've been burned by them. But see, they're human. They're not God. They walk in human flesh. So we've got to understand, in this world, you're going to have troubles. But see, I don't understand how much more we can find trust in someone and who we know that has left heaven, came down to earth, and died and said, you know what, I want, you, I want to gain your trust. I want to show you how much that you can trust me. That I'm willing to die and give my life and be brutally murdered because of the fact that, that, that I love you so much. That in itself, we should just say, hey, here, here's my car keys, here's my wallet, here's just get, here, whatever, what else do you need of mine? I'm going to totally surrender to you. Psalms 119 and 68 says, you are good and do only good. Teach me your decrees. Psalms 119, 68. You do good, and you do only good. Other people do, don't do so good sometimes. But God is somebody that we can know that he's always going to do good. He is good. He's a good, good father, right? And we, if you want to get to know God better, then you will, then you will need to, to, to do what you need to do as if you have a friend. How do you get closer to friends? You spend more time with them. You do things with them. You have fun with them. You know, you have fun with Jesus. Listen, my, my life's a blast because of Jesus. You know, how do you have fun with Jesus? That's, when you, that, that's where joy comes in. When you're walking around and you're joyous and you're happy, that's having fun with Jesus. Okay? And we need to know that we can do that. The key, the key to all this is, is the major key is to invite him in your heart and to, and to let him reveal himself to you. You know him, you see him, you've heard what he's done, but still some of us, we heard that he died, you know, we know that, but, but we've seen situations that we've been burned in the past, and matter of fact, some of us feel that God has even burnt us. But God's ways are not our ways. The Lord will reveal himself to us, and, and so what we need to do for God to reveal himself to us, we need to feel, feed our spirit, we need to pray, we need to study the word, we need to, we need to go to him in prayer and build relationships with, with life-giving friends. James 4 and 8 says, this is, this is something that we don't understand sometimes. It says, it says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. Um, your, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. That's why we don't surrender all. Because our loyalty is divided between God and the world. And, and a matter of fact, God is always there. And, and it says here in James to come close to God. And God will come close to you. He, he wants us to make the first step. Because he's already there. He's always available. But he wants to know that we're committed. We've got to take the first set of commitment of surrendering to him. And he'll come, he'll come to us. Isaiah 55 and 9. For, for, for just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We don't understand stuff. We've got to quit trying to figure out God. 
I got to quit trying to figure out God. We got to quit trying to figure out God. We're so into trying to figure out what he means by something. God, what are you trying to do? Why do you know, we, we, we do that with our families, right? You know, when, we, you know, when your wife does something or your husband does something, you're like, what are you trying to do right now? What is this? I don't understand you. you know, but we'll have a better chance of understanding our spouse than we do God. Because God's like, you know what? Hey, you, you're just not going to understand. I do stuff that, that just don't make no sense, and it turns out better than if it did. God can take something that don't make no sense at all and throw it in a pot and mix it up, and it'll come out something tasting yummy, yummy, yummy. You know? And so, so, so sometimes God has a way of doing things that just it brings us to our knees, and we're like, God, I just don't understand. But, but, but his thinking is different. He's, his way is greater than our ways. God, God, surrendering to God is like taking a road, tri- a road trip to Disney, and you're saying, I don't have a compass. I don't know how to get there. I don't know how to read a map. I'm sure probably most people and um, younger people don't know how to read maps anymore. They didn't even know there was maps with like roads and pieces of paper that has a, the whole map on it. But, but because we have a GPS now, right? So, but, but you know, it, but, and then you, but you, do, you don't know how to get there. You don't have a GPS. You don't have a phone. You don't have no idea how to get to Florida except for it's south. You know, you don't know what road to go on. You don't know which way is north, south, east, and west. But I couldn't tell you right now to save my life. But so, so what, what do you do? Well, what, but hey, if you realize that you, hey, I have a friend. You know, I know Grayson. Grayson has, you know, a GPS, and she's been there before. And, and so I'm going to talk to her. And, and, you know, but the key is, though, Grayson says, oh, I'll go. But you're going to have to let me drive. Let me drive because I know where I'm going. You know, yeah, but I, no, I want to, but I want to drive, and I want you to tell me where to go. No, that, no, that's not how it works. I want to drive, and I'll get you there. No, we say no. I want, I'll drive. I just need you to take the GPS and and tell me how to get there. We do God the same way. God's like, I want to drive. I want to drive your life. No, God, I want to drive. I want to want to make the final decision, but I want you to tell me what to do. You just tell me. I'll do whatever you ask. God's like, no, let me drive you, and you just follow me and do what I ask you to do. But we don't do that. We want to hold on. We want control. We want to be able to to handle situations. We want to understand everything. We want to have peace peace about the the, the fact that that we understand something. So let's ask ourselves right now in the middle of this, what, what areas of your life have you not surrendered to God or you've had a hard time trusting him in? Because all of us in here have. So think about it in your mind, not out loud. What is it? What, what is it? Because you know what it is probably. That one thing or two things or maybe a handful of things that you, that you, you trust God, you love God, but the stuff that you just, you just, that hurt, that unforgiveness, that relationship, that fear, that, that doubt, whatever, you just hold on to it. God wants to make our lives smoother by being Lord over everything. When God's not Lord over everything, it makes it, it, makes it for a bumpy ride. Anything, we do, anything that we hold on, to, on, hold on to makes it our responsibility to maintain. If you hold on to something, God's like, well, then you, you, if you, hold, then you, you got to deal with that then. You got to deal with that. You, you, you gonna, I'm gonna give, if you're going to handle that, then I'm going to give you the responsibility of handling that. That's right. Preach, and, we're like, and we're like, uh, but no, I want, you, I want you to fix it. No, 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 you got it. You got it. Go ahead. <laughs> You know, you know how you tell your kids, they try so hard and they start something, and then they didn't want, they want you to jump in. You're like, no, 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 go ahead. You, you're good. You got it. You got it. No, I don't. Oh, you understand now. You know, that's what happens with God. So we got to maintain it, and when we try to maintain it, then God, we go to God, God, I need you. He's like, I've been trying to tell you the whole time. You wouldn't even be going through this situation. You wouldn't be going through this pain if you would let me drive in the first place. 
Amen. Praise God. Luke. Luke chapter 14 and 33. So you cannot become my disciples without giving up everything you own. Just everything. You can still play with the toys, but they're mine. That's what God said. God, God said, oh, yeah, all, you know, all your money's yours, all that's yours. You just give me 10% back. All, hey, all your, your house, all that stuff, all your family, your family, your kids, your kids, oh, they're, 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 you can have them. You can have, you know, look, you can look over them, but, but you got to give them to me. God told the Israelites not to place any gods before them or to have any kind of idol. You know, most of the time when we think of an idol, we think of a carved statue, right? But an, an idol is anything that you value more than you value God. It don't have to be an idol. It don't have to be a, a Buddha belly or it don't have to be a Hare Krishna statue or some kind of goddess of, of, of what have you. God has to be first. And the things that we normally put before God and that is our idol, that well, we're like, oh, no, you're, you're the only God I serve. Yeah, you're the only God I serve that when we talk about the different gods of the Bible and they're, they're all dead except for Jesus, we understand that. So, but we say you're the only God I serve, but we have a problem uh, of the sin of materialism. When material things come more important to us and, and, it, and it consumes us and, and we, we don't have a God, we don't look at money as a God. We don't look at as, as our, our possessions or us climbing the ladder, corporate ladder. We don't look at things of this world as being our God. But if it values more, more to, to, to you than it does, than God does, then, then that is your idol. I could probably tell you who your idol is. Just give me, give me your, your checkbook or let me look on your bank registry. I can tell you what you idol. Because I can go in there and look and see what you spend your money on, and then I'll know what, what, your, idol, what your idol is. You know, if the whole thing's paparazzi, you know, <laughs> a lot of people, <laughs> my, my wife said, what? <laughs> no, but, it, but if, if the whole thing is, you know, the things that are of value to you, and you spend a whole bunch of money on this right here, then we know that that's, that, that's your God. And when we do that, when material things come important to us, um, it consumes us by pressure and stress, and, we just, and for some reason we strive for more. That's a problem with gambling. You know, just, just playing, doing, playing a little something, you know, playing a scratch-off, that by itself is not bad, but what happens is, is your desire, oh, I won, I won. Okay, take this and give me, give me five more, you know, and, and then do this right here. And before long, you just, you just want more and more. It just becomes a, a, a desire of yours, you know, an addiction, yeah. The same, same way with everything else, you know, with, with drinking. You, you want more, and you want more, and you want more. And so you, you have these material things that come in our life, and they, and they really bother us. Matthew chapter 13, 22. The seed fell on good soil, which, and it represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times um, as much that has been planted. That's talking about the, the sower, how some fell on the rocks, some fell on, you know, on, on, in the, amongst the weeds and got choked out and all that kind of stuff, and the rocks got burned up, but some fell on good soil. And it says, when you plant in good soil, then you'll get 30, 60, and 100 fold back. And thank God that so many of y'all have planted in kingdom life, which is good soil, and, 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 and God is going to certainly repay that to you. Um, Revelation 3.17, you say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor, naked, and blind. I was, like, I was like, wow, <laughs> wow. 
So, you know, so because, because of the fact that we look, at, we look at money, we look at status, we look at, man, I, I, you know, I got, I'm paying all my bills and I can get whatever I want. I'm, I'm rich. I got money. We look at that and, you know, and we, we, we find our safety and our comfort in money. And God says, that, that you just wretched, naked, dumb, and blind. And so, so 1 Timothy 6, 9, and 10 says, But people who long to be rich fall into temptation that's trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money, not money, we need money to do, to, to, to do outreach, right? We're going to, like I said, on the 8th Street Center, we're going to go down there and we're going to pass out book bags to, 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 to a lot of kids that need that in the inner city. And at the, it's going to be right there at the... Uh, at the, the Martin Luther King Center, but, but, but they're going to handle that. Our part is going to be doing the food. We're going to do food, serving, uh, passing out tracks, and all that kind of stuff like that. So if you want to be a part of that, it's going to be from 8.30 to 12 that day. Please let me know. That's going to be an, a, a wonderful time of outreach for us as well. Um, but anyway, so it says, um, For the love of money is the root of all evil, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Hebrews 13 and 5, don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have, for God has said, I will never fail you. I have never abandoned you. So the thing is, is, is you know, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, you know, that, that, that we need to trust God with our, our finances. God says, hey, all your money's yours. I just asked 10% back. Somebody asked me the other day and said, uh, somebody came to the church and said, Pastor, I need to ask a question. You know, is it okay if I pay my tithes, you know, at the, after, at the end of the month instead of the beginning of the month? And I said, well, at the end of the month, you normally don't have much left, right? And I said, yes, yeah, there's, there's nobody here today, so don't, don't, don't worry. I don't, I'm not. But they said, so it said, there's not, there's not enough, at, at the end, there's not enough left over, right? She said, yeah. I said, well, at the beginning, if you give to God, he blesses what you have left. So if you get at the end and you give, there's nothing left to bless. So you just wasted your money. <laughs> you know, because you weren't even really giving it to God. Because you have to be obedient to God, and that's given at the beginning of the month. That's what it's saying. You, God, can, God can do more with, um, help, God can help you do more with 90% of your money than you can with 100. Why? Because he's a good investor. He knows how to take that money and, and put it in and invest it in the kingdom of God. He knows how to do it. I'm not talking about you giving us and us being good investors. I'm saying God knows how to use your money um, for, for, for his glory and his honor. Matthew 6, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and you will have everything you need. Seek the kingdom of God. And we, oft, we often have relationship problems as well. You know, and it can be relationships with family, with coworkers, with friends, with pastors, with church members, with neighbors, and even enemies, whether good or bad. But they, those relationships can, can become more important than, um, to you than God is at sometimes. Genesis 22, 1 and 18. Abraham faces the inconceivable situation. He's sitting there. God talked to Abraham and ask him to sacrifice his son. He says, I want you to take your son up there to Mount Moriah. I want you to take him, and I want you to, 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 to kill him. I want you to sacrifice him to me. And we know the story. He goes up there, and he tells his son, we're gonna, we're, matter of fact, he, he tells somebody down below to stay there. They're gonna, we're going to go up. To get, he says, we're going to go up, and we'll come back. He already had faith in God and trusted God enough so much that he was willing to sacrifice his son knowing that somehow God was going to do something and they were going to come back together because he prophesied that before he went up the mountain. So he said, you know what? God's going to take care of this. I don't know how, but he's going to take care of it. And so he, he went up the mountain and, and he got there and, and, his, and his son obviously was probably thinking, God, Daddy, where's the wood at? Where's the sacrifice? 
You know, what's, what's going on? I don't understand what, you, what you're going to sacrifice up here, you know. There had to be some kind of conversation. But so they got up there. He wrapped them up, tied them up to the thing, getting ready. And he, and he, pick, he picked up the, the, the sword and was getting ready to come down. And he heard a ram in the thicket. And there was a sacrifice. And God, God said, um, Abraham, and he told him to use that ram. But the fact was, was he was willing to sacrifice his son. Now, God's never going to ask anybody to do that today. But God will tell you, sacrifice your son to me. Sacrifice your daughter to me. Give them to me and let me take care of them. I'll take care of them. You quit trying to handle it. There comes a point in time in your life, yes, we do parent and we always parent. But there t- comes a time and we, we dedicate our ch- kids to, the, to God, okay? But the time, there comes a time in your life as a parent and, and, a, and a lot of situations that you have to give your kids to God, not just dedicate them. God, they're yours. God, I, they're at the age right now that I, I'm, I can't control, and I just need to, to give them to you right now. And they're in your hands, and I'm going to sacrifice them to you, Lord. I'm going to sacrifice this so you can handle them and you can take care of them. You give me wisdom on what I need to do on my end. I'm going to surrender them to you, and I surrender all. And then you, just, you, you drive and you tell me what I need to do. Okay, and that was just a little extra there. I don't know where that came from. Um, but, 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 we, but it, it comes from, from us wanting to, to uh, oh, and Abraham, God told Abraham that he would, he would have the descendants, as, as many as the stars in, um, in the sky and the, and the sand on the shore. And he did that, and he received that because of him not trying to control everything, trying to control and trying to fix it. You know, because he could have been walking up the hill the whole time looking. It doesn't say it here anywhere, but I just imagine, honestly, with me, being Doug, if I'm walking up the hill to sacrifice my son, I'm going to be looking for something. I'm going to be on the way all the way up the mountain. I'm going to be trying to find something. There's a rat. There's, any, can I, there's anything I can kill before I get up there. You know? but, but Abraham just walked up that mountain. Just as strong as he, he knew God was going to provide. That's how you surrender all. You surrender all knowing, you know what, God? It don't look right. It don't feel right. But you know what? I know you're going to provide. I don't know how you're going to provide, but I know you're going to provide. And that's all that matters to me. Another, another principle that keeps us from having healthy relationships with God and others is, is staying free of offense. Man, we are so offended all the time of everything. Everything offends us nowadays. It's almost like it's, 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 it's just uh, something that you have to have, you know, to, to, to be cool nowadays. Are you, are you offended by something? Yeah, oh, cool, 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 you know? I mean, I feel that way. I mean, you see it on television. Everybody's, everybody's offended, you know. Everybody gets upset about something. And it's just the stupidest stuff that they get. I'm like, oh, my God, that is so ridiculous. But, but, but six ways, real quick, to be unoffendable. Six ways to be unoffendable. Number one, prefer others. Consider yourself, I mean, consider everyone else more important than yourself and put the needs of others in front of you. Strive to be like Christ and be like God and be a servant to honor others. Love your neighbor as yourself. If that way, if you love them, if you really love them like that and you're preferring them, then it's not easy that you're going to get offended by them. Number two, always remain grateful. Grateful. Gratitude changes our um, altitude and keeps us aware of God's provisions and his blessings. So we got to be grateful. And if you're grateful to God, then you don't, you're not so easily offended. Give others freedom. Don't try to control others. People need freedom to make their own decisions. And sometimes we try so hard to, to eat our friends or whatever. We, 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 we think we always know best, right? So we're trying to tell everybody else what to do. But Jesus says there's a better way. Maintain a positive attitude toward, towards them. Choose to speak words of life over them and build them up and see how they respond. Give mercy, number five, give mercy when offense comes. 
Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. When, whenever, when offense does come, just choose purposely to give mercy. Say, God, I'm not, I'm not going to try to handle this. I am offended and I'm not going to retaliate. You know, we, we are so bad when we get offended, we want to figure out what can we do to get them back. How can we treat them back? How can I make them feel like I felt? You know, and if we don't get offended and we don't try to get revenge, then what we do is we, we, then we just hold bitterness and unforgiveness. It's one of the two. You know, but we have to show mercy. And I'm going to talk about this another day. But I heard this, this I don't know what I was listening to, but I heard this analogy, and I just mentioned unforgiveness, and I just want to share it with you right now. I don't even want to hold it to another day because it's so powerful. Um, you know, I'm always saying, you know, unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and expecting somebody else to die. Well, I found one that I like a little bit better than that one, I believe. And, and they said that unforgiveness is like setting yourself on fire and praying your enemy dies from smoke inhalation. I said, that's what I'm talking about because you're burning up. And you just want, they're just, they're, just, they're just sucking up a little bit at a time. I and mean, nothing's happening to them. They may, they may choke a little bit. They may be a little nauseous. You know, but you're sitting there on fire burning up. And you're burning with that unforgiveness. And that's another, we'll do that next week or another week, okay? But that's just, and, you know, and I, and I talk about unforgiveness a lot, guys, because, because every one of you in here has it somewhere in your life. Every one of us, every one of us somewhere got it, you know? Well, I'm not, I'm, you know, and, 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 and I thought I had, there's different, different people in my life that I, that I struggle with forgiveness, and I finally felt like I forgave them. And then some, someone said, someone, I was reading a book, uh, a study one day, and, and in the book it said, you think you've forgiven someone, but if someone call, pulls, pulls that name up, and they call that name out to you, they said, do you twitch a little bit? Like, <laughs> you know, they said, well, you ain't fully forgiven yet. You should be able to say, oh, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. You know, so they said, you got a little twitch or a little snarl or, or you sniff real hard. Yeah, yes, you still got some issues. But anyway, so, so mercy. And then number six, commit time to the Lord. Refresh your spirit. Bible study, fellowship, prayer, all these things. Do stuff to get yourself built up. One reason why we get offended so quick is because we don't have a strong relationship with God. At, truly, truly, as a Christian, we should all be unoffendable. Truly, nothing should offend us because we're Christians. We should walk and have the mind of Christ and, you know, and show mercy and grace on everyone. But because we have a little bit of flesh on our hands that we're controlling on to, then offense comes. And it hurts us, and we need to surrender all. There's many parts of our lives that we need to surrender. Our plans, our goals, our, 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 our pleasures, our ambitions, our hurts, our pains. Our future, our past, our selfishness, our ego, our sin, our pride, our physical appearances, our lust, our anger, our fear, and death. Those are all things that we need to surrender. And I probably just hit most of y'all in this room. Several of them hit me. And we, we look at ourselves, and, and a lot of times that we look at it, and, and, and sometimes, it, sometimes it's just we don't want to surrender all because we're selfish. We just want to hold on. Our, we just want to be in control a little bit, you know. And especially if you've ever been under the spirit, a Jezebel spirit of control, then you definitely want to be in control because you're tired of being controlled. But the thing is, if you give control to God, he's not going to control you that way. 
He's going to love you, have grace and mercy. So giving him, him that is not like giving it to somebody else that's going to try to control you. We must surrender all these things because it will come to, to really destroy us. Surrendering does not mean that we don't have our own goals and ambitions. Surrendering to God means that God puts the desires in his heart. The Bible says, the word of God says that he gives us the desires of our hearts. Okay? And so, what, you know, when I was a teenager, and I was always like, well, God, I want this. Why ain't you giving it to me? You said you'd give me my desires. But see, it's not that way. He gives you the desires of your heart. When you're walking with God, he puts desires in you, the righteous desires, because our desires are fleshly. Until we have the mind of Christ. And that's like because we don't surrender all, we don't have that mind of Christ. We're struggling every day for that. God is, God is the one who puts desires in our hearts. When we surrender everything to him, he will put us on a path of enrichment and fulfillment. And his designs are better than ours. If you can, if you can come and the worship team will come as well just to sing this, I surrender all. We simply have to submit God's will and join his plans. If every, all the worship team would come on up if you would. But I'm here today, and I, <clears throat> I'm believing that during this, I want, we're going to sing this. We're going to sing this together. And then after we sing it a time or so, I'm going to ask those of you that want to surrender some things in your life to come down. We're just going to have a time of, of deliverance. And we're just going to pray down here, and I'm just going to believe that God is going to help you to surrender some things to God that you got, whatever it is. Well, Pastor Doug, you know, I've done that. I've done that, done that several times. I've done that several times. But you know what? Has it, then if you, have you still got an issue? Well, you need to do it again. You keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it until God answers your prayer. You keep, so you don't say, well, I try, God, I asked you four times. <clears throat> God, I asked you four times to take care of the situation. You ain't fixed it yet. Well, then we missed the first part of this message. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Know your role and shut your mouth. That's what God's telling us, not me telling y'all. Stay in your lane, son. That's how God talks to me. That's how God did. Just know your role. Shut your mouth, son. Just, just you know, just, hey. Just, just stay in your lane. You ain't God. Don't try to be God. You're the pastor, but you ain't even good at that. So you just, you just stay in your lane. So, so the thing is, is, is I want to, so let's sing this from our heart. And I know it takes a little bit to dig up, and it's a little bit of pain. It's a little painful. It's going to be a little uncomfortable and awkward. But dig it up and try to give it to him again. Let the tears flow. And say, God, I surrender all, all to thee. My precious, I give it all to you. Everything. And then in a minute, we're going to come down here and I want to pray with you. Or you can just come kneel if you want to. And just try to just say, God, I'm, I, I'm going to give it to you again. And I'm going to do my best not to pick it up again. I'm, I give my all to you. I give the situation, my fears, my anxiety, my my ego, my selfishness, my, my job, my life, my health. I, Lord, I give it to you. Get, get tenacity in here today. Grab a hold to the, the horns of the altar and, and say, God, I surrender all. And mean it. Just don't say it. Quit saying it. Mean it. Anybody can say it. But you only got people who are, really has a heart after God mean it. So can we sing this? Y'all sing it with us, please. Oh, to Jesus, I surrender. Would you stand? You can stand. 
gonna sing? Let's sing it. Would you just come up here and let's pray for you?